The Behemoth Brewing Company presents the Department of Conversation with Pat Brittenden. Behemoth, give me something hoppy. Oh, kia ora koutou whanau. Welcome back to another edition of the Department of Conversation brought to you by Behemoth Brewing. Um, Behemoth are fantastic sponsors of this podcast and if you want to find out more about them then you could head to behemothbrewing.co.nz shop.behemothbrewing.co.nz to try their wares. Thank you Behemoth for, for being involved. Especially a thank you to Behemoth and to the people who support us and the companies who get on board with us like Beardy Boy Coffee who we'll talk about shortly as well um, for podcasts like this one. This is a really important podcast. It's actually quite a quick podcast for me and part of that is because I had an appointment to get to and Katie and I decided that it was time to get this conversation out there. We've been talking for uh, a couple of weeks about connecting and doing a podcast and uh, both of us are busy and both of us have schedules that kind of gave ourselves about an hour window this morning to have a conversation and so we we just got into it. Now uh, Katie Thomas has been with us before, you'll hear at the start of the podcast, she was on episode 11, uh, her son has needs that I'll say require, others might say that are, are benefited from but require, I think require is a perfectly accurate word, uh, medicinal cannabis in various forms and uh yeah one of the things that freaked me out during this podcast and you'll hear it near the start is we had this conversation three years ago and things don't seem to have advanced very much in the past three years uh and you look at other parts of the world who are legalizing recreational use of cannabis and you know getting a tax income from recreational cannabis and all sorts of things and new zealand's still sitting on their hands not even able to fucking help people who need it for their illnesses so i'm pretty disgusted with the uh bureaucracy bureaucratic system at the moment to do around medicinal cannabis let alone the idiocracy that was uh shooting down the referendum on recreational use of cannabis but needless to say this podcast is not about me and my annoyances (laughs) as much as i would always like it to be it's about katie her son her advocacy and the importance to get this message out there. So, uh, Katie will come back on in the next couple of months and we'll do a regular podcast where we just talk shit for a couple of hours. Uh, But today, this is a really important podcast for people to hear and for people to get out there. So, if you're someone who wants to get involved with this podcast, if you want to help us, then this is a really good one to share. Uh, to share it around, to let people know about it, um, to help us get out there. If you're listening on iTunes, then go and rate and review us. That helps us in the algorithms for more people to hear this podcast, let alone any any of our other content as well. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a good thing. I oh, look, I'll talk to you about Betty Boy Coffee after the podcast. Stick around if you want to know more about other uh, businesses that support us and help us do this for you to uh, enjoy. Uh, but for now, let's just rip into it. Here is Katie Thomas. Well, I tell you what, it is lovely when old friends come back. Old in the in the uh, in the in the form of people we've known for a while, not old in the form of uh, aged. Uh, Want to welcome <laughs> back to the show, Department of Conversation with Behemoth Brewery, Katie Thomas. Katie, good morning to you. Good morning, Pat. Thank you so much for having me, dude. It is more than a pleasure. And let me just say, uh, let's do this and have a look at something for people to know why I say old friend. Uh, I think we're up to about episode one eighty, something like that, one seventy nine. And here's wow. e- here's episode eleven. Here's episode eleven right here. That was just not part. You coming down to Dunedin, having a chat with us about your. Uh, your family, your son, and your uh, what medicinal cannabis advocacy? Would that be a yeah. a fair way to say it? Yeah, it's um, it's really disconcerting actually to see that the needle hasn't moved since then. Like I, I can't believe we're back here talking about the same thing again, or we're going to be talking about the same thing again. How many? What year was that shot? What, what year? Uh, 20, well, we're do, coming up three years. So we're coming up three years since what? we started. So what are we now? 20, so it's end, end of 2018, second half of 2018. Yeah. That's abominable. <laughs> Sorry. Not 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 that it's never a pleasure to be here and talking to you, Pat. It's just. <laughs> smooth. That was, a smooth <laughs> that was a good save in the end. Smooth. <laughs> no, it's just an absolute crying shame that we're still. Look, what I want to do is I want to start because something's happened significant within, uh, I guess, your advocacy and the the work you're doing, but specifically around Eddie, your son, 
and um, his access to CBD at the moment. I want to play, if you're okay with it, you put out a video, gosh, how long ago? Uh, May the 5th, so not that long ago. Um, and it's had nearly uh, 230,000 views about something that's specifically happening now. And um, I think one of the reason, and, and you've got uh, trigger warnings on your Instagram post here, because in the video you show the effects of Eddie's condition. Uh, and I guess I'm going to paraphrase by saying when he doesn't have his CBD, when he has a seizure. Um, and yeah. obviously this is what's been picked up on. I mean, you've been all over the press in the last you know, kind of four weeks. Um, I, I want to show this. And again, I, I guess I've put out there warning for people, this next 60 seconds may be, uh, um, I, I can't think of the right word. Uh, 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 let's just say it, it may be horrific for you to watch, um, but it's important for us to understand what we're talking about. Because the last time you and I talked and you told the story of being in hospital and Eddie having seizures all the time and you giving him uh, cannabis, uh, I mean, you told the story, but seeing the story is very different. So if you're cool, yeah. uh, let's just play this now for people to see. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll just turn my mic off so we'll hear the audio for this as well. This is Eddie. He's six years old. He loves trampolines and going to the park with his brother. He has an infectious giggle and he loves reading books in bed. He also has nocturnal epilepsy. And right now we can't access the life-saving CBD that stops his seizures from happening. So night after night, he cries himself to sleep. Night after night, he has seizures. He can't breathe. And we as parents have to stand by helplessly and watch our baby boy fight for his life. It's not right. Our medicinal cannabis bill is broken. And the Minister of Health doesn't seem to care. If you do one thing today, let it be that you share this story. Let it be that you add your name to ours on the form I created at wellfitmum.com. Takes two seconds to fill out. Please help us help our boy. Thanks. This is Eddie. He's six years old. Yeah. Um, obviously, you being respectful of, of you and you guys, horrific. Horrific to watch. Um, hard to watch as well. Um, yeah. So, so, can you explain... What is happening right now? There's some specific issues going on right now with Eddie's access. And then let's talk about the general conversation around medicinal cannabis. Yeah. Um, so as that video explains, Eddie has a, a rare form of epilepsy. It's incredibly hard to treat just as a general rule of thumb. Um his type of seizure disorder is just, it tends to be refractory or intractable. They're, they're drug resistant <clears throat> types of seizures. They're particularly dangerous because they're nocturnal. There are more incidences of SUDEP, which is sudden unexpected death um, from epilepticus status, which is when you basically go into a seizure that doesn't stop until you die. Um, <clears throat> partly because of the severity of the seizures and also partly because they happen at night, they're less likely to be as closely supervised as they would be during the day and they can be silent. So the seizure can start without warning and we've never known. Um, and that is our biggest fear. Um, it's why we sleep with it every night. Um, even though we have a pretty elaborate safety system with like barriers and um, motion sensor video cameras and night lights and all sorts of things. But um, yeah. And with regard to his access to CBD, we've been using the same stuff um, for more than three years since I first discovered that CBD worked for his seizures. Um, and then suddenly at the end of March, we had our first interruption. And because I order his medicine every month, because it's quite expensive, um, you know, it's upwards of one and a half thousand dollars. So we're just not in a position where we can go, hey, we'll just buy a year's worth of medicine and just have it sit there on the shelf. Um, so we just fill his scripts monthly like we do with all the, all the rest of his meds. And um, they didn't come through because I'm always tracking it from the UK. 
and I saw they were stopped and they were just sitting there at customs and nothing was really moving. Normally they'd only spend a day and then get released to us and be out for delivery. And we just don't have that kind of time window. You know, we don't have weeks where we can kind of be without because it's only it only takes a day for him to not have his medicine and he would have seizures that night um and so i contacted the courier service and they said oh you need to get in touch with medsafe um but we've only got wellington number so i rang wellington nobody picked up i left an answer phone message and then i got the number for the auckland branch and then i got the email as well and i sent them an email and i i was pretty clear in the email I said I can see that his medicines have been stopped we're running out of CBD he's having an increasing number of seizures as his dose is diminishing so we we're trying to eke it out sure um what can I do to get it released and they said oh we sent you a letter in the mail I, like nearly a month later I still hadn't received that that letter in 2021 we're sending snail mail just beyond me um and they said so the first problem was that oh for the first time the manufacturer forgot to include Eddie, eddie's prescription um the first time in three years it was so unfortunate that we had an, a prescription inside his deliveries every year for three and a half years and this one time it gets stopped it wasn't there so lovely shit happens um so i said okay all right um i've got an appointment with this doctor this week i'll get you a new prescription and get it you know get it over to you um and they were like oh no well actually that's not good enough we we can't do that um we have to either return it to the manufacturer or destroy it because you can't bring it in without a prescription i'm like but he does have a prescription it's just not in the box he he has prescribed that medicine the prescription for that exists allow me to provide that to you and you can have it released and they're like no it doesn't work like that it came in without that prescription so it has to be destroyed um so immediately the manufacturer just dispatched another lot of medicine to us mm -hmm. um with the prescription included the second lot that came in, um, so he has two medicines, one which is very fast acting. It's a water soluble CBD. And we use that to kind of carry him through the first part of the night. And then he also has like what you would normally expect, a, a, an oil, a typical, you know, just standard CBD oil. And that is longer lasting. It, the, the bioavailability is completely different. So it does go through the first pass metabolism, but it also means it stays in the system longer. Um, and this one that came through was controlled, the red oil, which is actually the stronger one. It's the more important, it has a higher dose. Um, and it also, the problem that they had with it was the percentage of CBN. Um, so it didn't have any THC at all, ND, non-detectable levels, but the CBN was 0.2 of a percent over um, the, the allowed amount of specified substances. So we have this mental 2% threshold that- Just, ex has, just explain what CBN is so people understand. CBN is a molecule. It, it's a really important cannabinoid for us because it has sedative and anti-convulsant properties. It is also a degraded form of THC. So it's not THC, it's what happens when THC breaks down. And why it's really important is because it doesn't have all of those, um, the same level of psychoactive properties that THC does, but it still has those sedative and anticonvulsant properties. THC actually has anticonvulsant properties as well, but that psychoactive element is problematic, you know, for a child. It's sure. not really what we want him to be experiencing, even though he would be asleep. Um, it, it's just, as a parent, we're just not super comfortable with that. So um, CBN is, um, it's it's a really exciting cannabinoid. The scientist, Raphael Mishulam, who originally 
described he discovered thc and cbd he's kind of known as like the grandfather of um medicinal cannabis he pioneered the first trials with epileptic children and you know discovered that cbd was really incredible for seizure control he's actually said since that he wished he had dedicated his life to cbn instead of cbd because he thinks it just has so many more beneficial properties for analgesia for chronic pain for just um it it's really crucial. And for Edward, it's incredibly crucial. It's not that there was a very high amount of CBN. There was actually only 0.136% um, of CBN, so not even a full percent. Um, but what matters is the proportion of CBN to CBD. So you are not allowed to have more than 2% of any other cannabinoids in a CBD product. So it has to be pretty much completely CBD for it to be considered a CBD product under our laws. Right. Problem with that is it doesn't allow for a plethora of full spectrum products. And what a full spectrum product is, is a whole plant extract. Um, it's a CO2 subcritical extraction and what it does is it doesn't just harvest the CBD, it harvests the CBD in proportion to all of the other cannabinoids that are present in the cannabis plant. So there's actually hundreds of cannabinoids. There are also terpenes and flavonoids. People might know what flavonoids are because they're present in other nutraceuticals and therapeutic substances. Um, and they work synergistically together just like we have an endocannabinoid system that regulates our sleep and our appetite and our ability to remember and forget, uh, we can actually supplement any deficiencies that we have in our endocannabinoid system with exogenous phytocannabinoids from the cannabis plant because it also has a cannabinoid system that mimics our own. What we have found works best for Edward is not just CBD by itself, but CBD when it's extracted in the same way that it lives within the plant and the same way it exists in our body, which is not in isolation. It's in a direct proportion to all the other cannabinoids in our body, the same way that it exists in the plant. So this 2% threshold is really problematic because it's driving us down to a model that only leaves room for isolate or synthetics, which is not actually what we need. Um, and it's not actually particularly beneficial. There was actually just a court case in Germany, a really crucial court case that overturned its position that was very similar. It was only looking at isolate or um, CBD enriched plants. And they've now reversed that decision because they realized that actually the benefit is in the whole plant extraction. You can't treat it like just another molecule right. or just another pharmacy because it's very, very, very unique and the powerful properties exist in its natural state. And it's not like hemp grows out of the ground yeah. as a controlled substance. It's just a plant. Yeah, it's and look, and look I'm, I'm a product. Uh, it's considered food in the UK. It's not even treated as a medicine. Gotcha. Well, this product. I'm aware we don't have a, we don't have a huge amount of time today as well, so um, yeah. let's jump into also the conversation around specifically what's happening at the border because I'm 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 writing down a series of questions that I want to want to chuck at you as well. And I want to make sure we um, give enough time for the story and also enough time to get the the ideas out there. So it sounds like what you're basically saying is that we're stopped at the border for bureaucratic reasons and for a um, scientific condition or a or a condition they've put on it which it sounds like you're saying is a bit silly um but that's the 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 reasons at the moment it was stopped at the border it didn't have the prescription they wouldn't accept the prescription if it wasn't already with the order and that there was a um condition based on the percentage of cbm to cbd that it, a threshold that it crossed which it seems like you're saying is a silly threshold but but in that person's mind's eye these are the rules so they wouldn't let it through is that a fair summary yeah yeah that's exactly it 
and then it happened again. Um, then uh, we found another product that was off the shelf compliant. It was twice the price. Wow. Um, but at that point, Eddie was having seizures every hour. Um, he had been off school for a month. Um, it was getting very, very, very dicey. Um, it was, yeah, it was pretty touch and go. And so we got that batch through. And then we did a reorder of that same product, thinking that it would be compliant. The next batch was not compliant. It was also out by 2%. Um, so this is crossing those thresholds again. Crossing those thresholds gotcha. again. And it's always like the most minuscule amount, like just so trivial. So that's being controlled again. Um, and we're now in a situation where we've got 10 days to go left in my cupboard right now right so you've still got stuff there it's, with these thresholds it sounds like it's like getting a speeding ticket for doing 53 technically yep. there's a threshold there that says 50 but we all know that 53 makes no difference whatever to the safety of driving but that's all of what you're saying it's a it's a threshold that's been put in place and the the amount that you've gone over it is makes no difference practically to what you what you're trying to do it's that it's also that that threshold shouldn't be there in the sure. first place sure it, there's actually no scientific basis for it to be there. It's a straight copy and paste from another government to make a provision for a specific product, Epidiolex, that we don't even have here in New Zealand. So it has literally no local application, none whatsoever. And the ministry isn't aware of why that threshold isn't there. They, they don't They don't have a good reason because I've OIA'd it. Um, it's the only reason that it is in there is to narrow the scope of products that are available here in New Zealand to patients. It's just a restriction. It is just a way to stop it from being treated like medicine and keep it being treated as a controlled drug. But the rest of the world, every developed country in the world knows there's no scope of abuse for CBD and has descheduled it. You can buy it over the counter. You can yeah. buy it in drink. Buy it at health food stores, or you know your local dairy. Um, the Australian TGA has just facilitated a pretty landmark agreement with Canatric and Discount Chemist Warehouse, where you'll be able to buy. I think it's up to two hundred, possibly three hundred, but I think it's two hundred megs over the counter without a prescription. Um, low cost, affordable, accessible. And that's what our government hasn't done. And that was the whole purpose of the medicinal cannabis bill was to improve the accessibility, approve the affordability. And it's done the exact opposite. Because when I spoke to you here three years ago, I actually had medicine for Eddie at that point. And since March, I've continually been given less and less and less and he's been given shorter and shorter time frames to live within um and i know that our situation our situation is literally just a metaphor for the success or failure of the medicinal cannabis scheme as it sits because eddie's health is dependent on it and if it was accessible if i had other options available here in new zealand Obviously, I would be using that. Nobody chooses to import things for thousands of dollars from the UK. I don't want to be sending my money out of out of our economy into another one. But there's nothing else here. And they've actually prevented local industry from creating a product for us because the costs of compliance exceed quarter of a million dollars per SKU. So for every product that a local business wants to bring to market, the cost of compliance is going to be quarter of a million dollars. No one's going to make me a product at that price. They're just going to go for a bog standard. We're just going to see a reiteration of the same types of products. We're not going to see any patient choice. There's not going to be any access in the foreseeable future. I just spoke to a CEO from one of our um, local companies. and He said five to 10 years at this rate, we're not going to see 
a market for patients for another decade. It's abominable. They promised us 100 days. And we're now sitting three years later with even less than we had then. I was going to ask about the local market as well, because when you originally came on in 2018, you told us the story of Eddie and Hospital and there was a green fairy who had given you some CBD and you talked about slipping it into his cheek and the seizures just stopped. Um, so, so it seems like there was a product that did something at that stage for Eddie locally, albeit illegally sourced. Mm-hmm. Is that still the case now? And you just don't want to go down the path of having to you know, commit a criminal act to get it? Or is it the stuff you're getting from offshore like exponentially better? Yeah, so it's a bit of both. So on the one hand, I am very aware that um, there is an increasing there's an increasing caseload of green fairies being prosecuted at the moment. I don't want to contribute to that because the majority of green fairies are actually patients themselves. They're people who have been given a you know a cancer diagnosis or they've got Parkinson's or they have some other debilitating chronic pain or disability, they start making for themselves, they start making for a patient that they care for. And I, I don't want to put, I don't want to curtail anybody's freedom. I don't want to put anyone behind bars because they were just trying to help us. And that weighs really heavily on my conscience. Um, The second part is We're now at a stage where um, Eddie's seizure control is very dose dependent. Um, So he really needs to have this minimum threshold of 400 mg. And it's taken a lot of trial and error to get there, um, to know what that control looks like. And the issue with green fairy oil, and it's nothing to do with the providers themselves, it's actually, again, a regulatory problem that there's no testing facilities available here in New Zealand Sure. and unless I was able to know what I was giving him I wouldn't be able to guarantee him the the safety and the efficacy that a pharmaceutical grade product provides just because I do need to know what the dose is and if I'm just kind of randomly putting stuff in it's just a little bit too it's too hit and miss and there's too much there's too much variance from batch to batch without them also having the capability to test because they don't know and i think until we have that transparency um it's just not what a pediatric patient needs as an adult it's a different thing because you can gauge it on your own symptom relief you have that own internal dialogue. You can go, oh, okay, I'm not hurting anymore. I can stop there. Gotcha. A child doesn't articulate that, so yeah, you yeah, really yeah. have to by external means. And Eddie doesn't know when I give him his medicine whether it's been enough for him to go to sleep and not have a life-threatening seizure that night. So it's it, it's a different – I would love to be able to use green fairy oil, and I've been inundated with really kind offers – The issue is just that um, I don't know what's in it and I really need specific cultivars. So there are really specific strains that work for Eddie. They're quite hard to grow. They're difficult to harvest CBD from. Um, These particular strains are, you know, they're prone to dust mite, they're prone to mold. They're just not, um, they're not that common. So finding fairies that have those plants to begin with would be part of the problem. And then the second part is having access to this testing, which I do think is going to start to come online soon. Um, I am aware there is a a gentleman up here in Auckland who has forked out out of his own pocket um, some pretty comprehensive testing that will not only test for pesticides and molds and things like that, it will also give you the assay of cannabinoids present in the oil or the balm and something like that actually opens us as a family up to local options but what we really need is for those providers those green fairies to have protections in place so they don't run the risk of being prosecuted for just being generous gardeners because let's face it that's all they are they're just gardeners that's their biggest crime is growing and cultivating a plant 
We need to stop acting like these are serious, devious criminals. They're not. They're just mom and pops. They're nanas and granddads. They are just regular Joes who are put in this awful position where they can't afford medicine because it's just too expensive and too difficult to get a prescription here in New Zealand. Yeah. Um, you, from reading what's been going on in the media, or you've been talking to the media uh, about this a lot, I was under the impression that sort of uh, you you were out or that your, your supply had dried up, but you just said then you've got 10 days left. Is that, is yep. that because you're eking it out and is the reason that Eddie's suffering at the moment with more seizures is because he's not getting enough per day to kind of stave them off. And if that's the case, what happens at the end of those 10 days if you completely run dry? Uh, So we had run out. So the whole time that Eddie ran out, we were just ordering, ordering, ordering more product all the time in the hopes that some of it would get through. And one of his products, the water-soluble one, has got through. That's the one that we have left. Okay. Yeah. Um is um it is the reason why he's having breakthrough seizures is because we are eking it out because in the first instance the time between us ordering and us receiving it was nearly two months in total um and since eddie's epilepsy diagnosis he's never gone that long without medicine Mm. he's never suffered so many seizures in his life um and at that point he had we were just completely dry on his birthday on his seventh birthday we had nothing um what we have now is we're kind of back in that early situation of a diminishing dose where every day we have kind of less and less and we're going to see more and more breakthrough seizures um until we get those stronger oils through, um, yeah. So, so I guess what I'm wondering now, there's there's twofold. But the first fold is, your. <laughs> I don't wanna, I don't want to minimise it by. It seems like all you need to do is order some more. But that kind of is is the vibe. It's like it seems like there were some hiccups at the border and stuff, and they're not unsolvable hiccup it's not like you know all of a sudden because of COVID everything got held up and that was the reason there was nothing to do about it but there was some clerical errors if you like on the way through so so what's going on now like have you got a supply back again and if you haven't why not so yeah just order more is what we have been doing um the issue here um gets back to the problem of affordability. Um, We are already this month $5,000 in the hole of them that's been destroyed that we don't have. And we don't have infinite resources. We just, you know, the budget that we set aside for Eddie's medicine is tight Um, And then when you've kind of paid out three months worth and you still don't have any medicine and I'm unable to work because I'm staying at home looking after Eddie, we're just on one income again, you know, it it gets tighter and tighter and tighter. The noose around our neck makes it almost impossible to move. And so we're always ordering more, but at the other end, the logistical hurdles are also stretching it out further and further and further. I have to stay home and be on my phone and sending emails and making calls saying, I've seen it come into the country. Where is it now? How can we get it moved from there to med clearance? How can we get it from there back to customs clearance? How can we get it out from delivery? And they're like, you know, when I asked for it on Eddie's birthday, I'm like, now that it's gone through clearance, how soon can we get it back to us? Can he have it for his birthday? Can I give him his birthday wish? Can he not have any seizures tomorrow? And they're like, the earliest you're going to get it, you know, feasibly is a week. We've also seen it last longer than a month. It is not the question of not ordering more. We're always ordering more. It is this insane bureaucracy that doesn't differentiate between the importance of 
this life-saving mess, it just gets lumped in with like all the other luxury goods that come in through the border. Yeah. And it's, it's almost insurmountable the amount we have to pay to get access to it. So now we have 36 bottles of um, compliant medicine sitting in the UK ready for us to send over. And we're just kind of dotting our I's and crossing our T's because we want to buy it all and bring it all over and just have it sitting here in a dispensary at a cannabis clinic here. But there's also like this very real fear that we're going to put all that money out and what if something happens? Yeah, like, yeah. We've also, we've, with our new prescribing doctor, he's also pointed out that they've been making mathematical errors. And on the last batch that was seized, I asked them to not destroy it and to send it back to the manufacturer because there are other patients that can benefit from it. But, and they said, oh, we'll look into it. But I know from their lack of response that it's already been destroyed. Because by the time I get the letter, what is the date today? Uh, the, date the, today? the 4th of June. Yeah, the 4th. So when a letter is sent on the 27th, and I receive it more than a week later and I make my request, it's too late. It's already been destroyed. Mm. So even if there is a clerical error and they've counted the CBD or the CBN wrong, it's already too late. Yeah, They've destroyed it. And then what? Because we've just bought all of the medicine that the manufacturer has in stock and we don't have recourse. So then the next question is, obviously, what, I'm, I'm summarizing what you're saying for clarity for me as well as for other people, is there's been some clerical errors in a bureaucracy which is ludicrous, like we said before, getting a speeding ticket for doing 53. Um, but also it's the financial outlay that you're facing that if it was with someone like Pharmac, you wouldn't have. So the next logical question, and I guess this is why you've been in the news media and I've seen you on your Instagram uh, responding to Jacinda Ardern talking on breakfast and that sort of thing is what do you say to the politicians? What do you say if the Minister of Health was sitting right here about what should be happening uh, with the CBD and the CBM, I guess, and the and the product that your son needs and many others obviously would benefit from as well? It's not good enough to tell us that we need to wait until October because that timeline has been pushed out from March this year and it was pushed out from October the year before. We were made a promise, a very clear promise when you came into government that within 100 days we'd have this medicinal cannabis scheme online. And in fact, it's been operational for over a year and yet we only have two CBD products approved in the whole country. That is not patient choice. It's completely and woefully insufficient. They need to be fast-tracking all of the license applications from the local producers. The, the cost of compliance needs to come right down. Like, we need to be knocking off zeros right off the bottom of that. Quarter of a million is just insane. It's insane for them, and it's insane for us because you're passing that cost on to the patients. You are punishing us for being sick. And without a public funding model that you haven't found a substitute for, you are literally saying to us that access and affordability is not part of your government's priority. And that completely flies in the face of what the medicinal cannabis scheme was set up to achieve. Um, I've had a look at some redacted OIAs and the Minister of Health then put that at the forefront. His main concern was the affordability and the access and this has not been adequately addressed by this government and either it's laziness or it's willful and both are grossly negligent you're you're making a, a lot of noise and a lot of people obviously supporting you uh, publicly and also i'm assuming behind the scenes that support you're getting um this sounds like it's the kind of thing that could involve you know an event outside parliament at some stage when is this, I mean, not to sound like a, you know, uh, a protest leader, but when is this going to the streets? When is this going to be a rally outside Parliament? Um, when is your one voice going to become the hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of people uh, who are behind you in their support, but maybe behind a keyboard as opposed to being in front of a politician? 
Um, it's a really good question. I've had lots of people ask me, um, you know, when are we going to march? Um, I'm quite reluctant to ask people to march for one reason only. The majority of my supporters are very sick. They're very sick. They have um, some really debilitating disabilities. Their carers are living beyond their means. They're exhausted. They're strung out. I hate to put a further burden upon them because I know that just living day to day is hard enough. It is a struggle. And for those that are scraping by just to be able to afford their hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars medicinal cannabis is difficult enough. And that's, I just, I'm loath to ask them to do more. That's why I like the online um, support because it doesn't ask too much of them. It doesn't, it, it doesn't add more things into their day that impacts their freedom to live or quality of life. That's the only reason I haven't taken that step because I just feel like there are so many burdens put upon them already. So let, let, let me just give you a thought, Katie, with the greatest of love and respect. Um, that's not your decision to make. Now, that might sound a bit harsh that you're a, 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 an advocate and a mum and a, you know, someone with a loving heart, but if people who are already suffering want to get out in the streets and march because ultimately it will help their cause, I actually think that that's something that you should also allow them to do. Imagine if this uh, advanced, advanced the cause of what all of you wanted tenfold then yes, you're putting a burden on them for that one day, but imagine if that released a burden for five years. And when I say that's not your call to make, I'm not trying to sound like a dick, but I'm like, um, you know, if, if these people want to be in a space where they go above and beyond to support people like you and help themselves, you should let them do it. You should let them step out, you know, if they want to do it and to be a part of something bigger if that's what you chose to do. That's interesting food for thought. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you imagine if it, like I say, if a day's, two days, a weekend's inconvenience or hard work got them the product they needed five years sooner, it would be worth it, no matter how much they're suffering right now. I like to treat, and this is going to sound a bit patronizing, but I like to treat people sort of as adults. It's like you're an adult, you can make a decision. You can you can make a decision based on what's best for you right in this moment today. I don't need to make a decision for that person. Even if I think that maybe it's not best for them, ultimately they should still have the uh, respect, perhaps it is, to make the decision for themselves. Just a thought, nothing more. It's a valid point. It's a really valid point. Do you think that, uh, this is my last question, because I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry, I do have an appointment at 11 o'clock I have to get to, and, and I'm sure we will pick up this conversation again within the next couple of months. The um, cannabis referendum that didn't get passed at the last election, still can't think of a single reason it didn't get through. Literally challenging people to give me one reason why it wouldn't pass. Everything pointed towards it being a 100% uh, positive for it passing. Literally, figuratively, everything. Um, yeah. Do you think that the people putting that referendum forward missed a trick where they went straight for sort of legalization? If they had have gone to the uh, medicinal cannabis like what happened in California... Uh, more of a easy access to medicinal cannabis, medicinal cannabis stores on the street, you have yourself a card to go and get it, that, that would have been the step towards then legalizing it fully, like following the path of what happened in California. Any thoughts around the referendum in general, uh, but also the unfortunate, ridiculous failure of it? Look, I don't actually see the referendum as a failure. I think that the small margin of error shows that the vast proportion of New Zealanders actually support a health-based approach, not a prohibitionist approach. I think that what we weren't, what those voters weren't ready for was recreational. And unfortunately, the no vote was incredibly well-funded. I still can't believe that that was legal. I, 
I really struggle with the offshore funding that was poured into that campaign. I, it really baffles me that that's allowed to happen in this country. So we had external interests literally pouring money into that campaign. The yes, um, the yes campaign was very disparate. It was disconnected, didn't have the money. And also I felt like there was just, there was no cohesive unified message. There was no attempt to actually educate the public on the harms of prohibition instead of the harms of the drug. And I think that was sorely lacking from the rhetoric. I also think the government has a huge part to account for because on the website where you could go to find out more information, they said specifically, this is not a vote about medicinal cannabis. And what that did was it really silenced our voice mm. and our place in that conversation because it was about us because we didn't have access to medicinal products. So that was our only opportunity to get products online in an economical and efficient manner that wasn't met under the law that was apparently passed for us, but hasn't actually done anything to serve mm. our needs. So there was kind of all of these competing interests. It was, I don't think it was a failure, to be honest. I think that it was really badly handled. Um, both on both sides. Um, and I think that right now where that needle needs to move to is cross-party support for decriminalization. It, if we're not ready for legalization, that's simply because there hasn't been sufficient education. I think that the public didn't understand what they were voting on. Mm -hmm. um, there's still too much prohibitionism floating around. And that. I think that maybe not in the next term or the term after, but in two successive governments, we're going to have a huge number of um, eligible voters who are motivated, who are educated, who um, will be able to shift it back towards health-informed policy, or at least that's my hope. Yeah. Um, time to wrap up. Is there anything you would like to leave us with, uh, specifically about what you're going through right now with Eddie, uh, or anything in general about the, uh, I guess the the advocacy you're doing for the, um, in the world of medicinal cannabis? I think that if I could leave people with one thing, I think most people believe that medicinal cannabis has been solved in our country because we have. A medicinal cannabis law you need to know it's not working for us that less than one percent of the population has access to medicine it's probably less than that that's just the only data that we have surfaced and where you can and when you can please advocate for us to prescribers to your friends and family Please share our videos, share our stories. And when I launch my next parliamentary petition in the next week or so, if you could take two minutes of your time to sign it, it would mean the world to me and my boy. So if people want to get more involved with that, uh, wellfitmum.com uh, is a place to go to see the uh, current uh, petition, I guess you're putting before the female leaders and minister of health. And also if people want to, follow you uh, easily with your videos and content. Uh, I am Katie, K-A-T-Y, Thomas is your Instagram. Probably the best place to find you. Would that be fair? Yep, that's definitely the best place to find Oh, have we got a woken up by perfect timing, Katie? <laughs> Hi, buddy. <laughs> is he going to make an appearance at the end of the video? Yeah, we'll just quickly jump in. Oh, there we go. Hey, Eddie. <laughs> Perfect way to wrap up the um, the conversation, Katie. It's, it's been it's been it's been quite direct as a thematic conversation. We often are a bit more kind of <laughs> spreading through the conversation, but as I said, let's get back together within a couple of months and we'll do it all again. We'll find out where we're up to, and we'll talk more about things like internet dating, which we did last time. <laughs> All right, Katie, all the best. Take care. See you later. Thank Bye. you, Tommy. I do.
All right, team, that's us done and dusted. If you're listening on iTunes, a rate and review would be really appreciated. If you want to know more about what we do, then head to uh, facebook.com forward slash DOCNZ. You can go to our website, thatdoc.nz. Uh, any of my social medias are pretty much at Pat Britton, and that's blooming TikTok and Twitter and Facebook and, I don't know, other things, Instagram as well. Um, and connect. Feel free to connect with us. Uh, we love having interesting conversations that matter. Today was definitely one of those. Thanks to Behemoth Brewery, who are the feature sponsor of this podcast. If you want to find out about, more about Behemoth Brewery, you can go to Churleys, C-H-U-R-L-Y-S.co.nz. And if you're in Auckland, the Churleys Brew Pub is the home of Behemoth Brewing. You can actually go and check out the place that they make Behemoth products. And also uh, there's a pub and there's uh, uh, all sorts of stuff there. You can go and have a meal and there are uh, up the Dominion Road end uh, up, up the city end of Dominion Road is where they're located up in that area uh, so if you're in Auckland lucky enough to be uh, be near Churleys then go check them out churleys.co.nz also a big thank you to Betty Boy Coffee Betty Boy Coffee is basically a company that's supporting podcasters that is the primary objective of Betty Boy Coffee head to bettyboy.nz slash doc every bag of coffee you purchase from them and the prices are relative to the prices you'll pay for fresh roasted coffee from a cafe, right? It is fresh roasted coffee. It's from a cafe. It's roasted in the morning. It's sent out in the afternoon. And we can deliver it to your door. And when you buy a bag of coffee, literal money goes into our accounts. Like literal money. Like actual an actual deposit gets made every bag of coffee that gets bought. So thanks to Betty Boy, uh, Betty Boy's Coffee as well. BettyBoy.nz if you want to check out more about them. Um, all right, we've got a lot of stuff going on at the moment. There's some stuff I can't talk about, but there's a lot of things happening behind the scenes at the moment, which are very, very exciting. So firstly, I want to apologize that the uh, podcast uh, quota has been a bit down the last few weeks, but there's a reason for that, and that's that there are some really exciting stuff going on behind the scenes that I hope within a few days or weeks we'll be able to release. And once we do that, Honestly, uh, the world is our oyster in this world of podcasting. The stratosphere will be too low for where we're going to do, where we're going to go, and what we're going to do. If you want to find out about more about what I'm talking about, which is a little bit, um, what's the word? Secretive. It's not a very good word. Um, then just follow us on Facebook, DOCNZ on Facebook, uh, or follow any of my personal uh, socials at Pat Brittenden. Hey team, it's been a pleasure. This was a really important podcast. It was a quick one. Hopefully you uh, heard in there the importance of what Katie's trying to do. Please share this one around. I don't think I've ever really asked to have one of my podcasts shared, but this would be a great one to get out there because it's important that we have this information out there and a very real world application to how these kinds of issues can help people. If you want to see the clip that I played of Eddie having a seizure, now I know that sounds horrible if you want to see it. The answer is no, you don't want to see it. But you know what? It's important because it will uh, give you a context to what we're talking about. Then you can just uh, go to the Facebook page, watch this episode, go to Katie's Instagram, it's on there as well. And look, until we see you next time, stay safe wherever you are in the world. If you are somewhere where medicinal cannabis is um, legal, recreational cannabis is legal, you know, this is the times where I say, you lucky things. Often people say to us about living in New Zealand, you lucky things or things like COVID. Well, people who can get access to these sorts of this sort of help now wherever you are in the world you lucky things appreciate it appreciate one another love you guys heaps thanks for joining us till we see you next time hooroo